Welcome to Learned Lag, a podcast about yesterday's Learned League questions and answers. I'm George. And I'm Amanda. George and I are both in Zephyr A. This is season 32 for George and season 28 for me. This is day three of season 100. Our first question asks us for a Hulu series that won an Emmy for Outstanding Drama Series, still the only streaming show to have done so. Right, and uh, so this is a weirdly a tough one for me as a modern day television question. 2017 was very much when we stopped watching drama Absolutely. shows. Absolutely, 100%. Um, because we couldn't take vicarious trauma mm -hmm, mm -hmm. on top of sort of world events that were happening. Let's the say. 2017 of it all. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so this left me sort of racking my brains for like, what was a dramatic series on a streaming platform that would have been good enough to win the Emmy for outstanding drama series in its first outing. Um, and I ran through as many of them as I could you know, again, this is not my strongest point either of just like pick a pick names out of a category. You know, I, that's that's the kind of thing that tends to overwhelm my circuits a little bit because it's too broad. Um, you know, streaming dramas in the 2010s, that's, you know, there's there's way too many. And where do you start kind of thing? Um, and so finally, after just you know, a lot of them I could remember because they're pretty closely associated with whatever platform or cable channel or whatever it is that they're on. Mm -hmm. um, the only one I couldn't rule out as a um, as being on some other channel, essentially, uh, was House of Cards. Mm. And I thought, uh, you know, I know it was on for longer than four seasons, but uh, then I reread the question, too, to see that... Um, the the question references the first four seasons so it could have had more seasons than the four that were nominated for outstanding drama um and i thought could that fit house of cards i think so i recall it being pretty critically acclaimed i may well be wrong about it being on hulu but it was the only one that i couldn't pin to hmm. um you know oh that's amc or that's on hbo or some other you know um service like that so i ended up going with house of cards netflix yeah see and also i'm pretty sure far predates 2017 like i thought it did but i couldn't yeah. pin it down better than that yeah reasonable uh i also for m the same reasons just mm. we we stopped drama uh, more or less consciously yes uh, at that point uh, it also didn't help that the then three-year-old was uh, at the point where uh, we were getting her to bed, um, but then kind of, you know, sitting with her and making sure everything happened and our the amount of time we had to watch TV dropped precipitously mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, because she wasn't in bed, you know, frequently enough that like one of us could watch something while the other one was, uh, was dealing with her and stuff yeah, like that. And, yeah. you know, we had to keep the tv off while she was up because uh -huh. she was three and you know yeah. we couldn't be watching as much stuff as we usually did uh, did previously but yeah and then just the 2017 bill um and i uh, laughed as i tried to figure this one out because um 
my TV score is, I think, my second highest, possibly my absolute highest category. Sure. But here's a weird hitch in that. I pay no attention to the Emmys. Ah. I never have. Uh, I... I occasionally will remember a factoid about them, mm-hmm. um, but not not so much like here's what won the big awards as just like, you know, oh, uh, Michael J. Fox won so many that he stopped uh, putting himself in for them. Okay. Like, especially during his family ties years. Oh, I know that. Um, I think John Larroquette may have done the same <laughs> thing when he was on Night Court and just racking them up year after year. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I just have no real conception like we watched i think some of the emmys this year no we missed uh, it this year yeah because uh, it, it was just it was like last month Cause, yeah because of the strike it was weird we saw but some of it we saw some of it on, and and we did i don't remember like <laughs> i kind of had to think like did we see i don't i don't know where we did um that's how little i pay attention to them i don't even remember mm-hmm. whether i paid attention to them this year sure um so i just tried kind of the same thing of like okay what's a drama show that's that's on hulu and again those are things that i wasn't watching then uh even you know now that we're working at home i pretty much always have something going on a second screen during work days Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. uh, kind of rotating through our various streaming services and nothing landed for me and the the only kind of dramatic show i could think of that's on hulu that i remember seeing a lot of ads for over the last five years because you know at least theoretically four seasons of this would have been until relatively recently if not still on uh was the great and that i thought i was pretty sure it wasn't that because i think the great only had three seasons Mm. and i want to say that it it tried to pass itself off as a comedy for awards shows. It, yeah. Rather than as a drama. Better, even though probably. it was the longer episodes, as I recall. Uh-huh. Like 40 to 60 minute episodes, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I remembered that being on Hulu. And that mm-hmm. was all I could uh, all I could really summon up as being a, a Hulu-specific, potentially dramatic series. <laughs> so I said, The Great. The correct answer was The Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, which if, as soon as I saw it, said, oh, right, yes, yeah. I do see that advertised on Hulu and every time avoid it because, God, why would I want to watch that right now? Yeah, it's it's just too upsetting. Yeah, it's going to um, have to be I'm sure it's high quality years in the future before I, I, am, I am willing to subject myself to that. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on to question two, then. That was the first question you've missed this year. Oh, yeah. Well, it won't be the last. (laughs) Um, Question two, however, is uh, asking about what satirical novel featured a character named Reverend Reginald Bacon, who is believed to be based on Al Sharpton. Uh, Al Sharpton, of course, at the time, based in New York City primarily, Mm -hmm. doing his thing there. Uh, so a satirical 80s novel about New York City had to be Bonfire of the Vanities. Mm. So I, I don't know this for certain. I believe I saw the movie when it came out 30 years ago, <laughs> uh, when it briefly came out 30 years ago. Um, mm. But I don't remember whether he whether this character was in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is another one where I'm not sure of it, but if it's not this, it's something I have never got heard of mm-hmm. so i'm gonna say bonfire of the vanities 
Yeah, that's uh, very much my line of thinking as well. I, I leaned on it being a satirical novel from 1987, and I also made the New York connection, um, you know, thinking of Al Sharpton and his, you know, sorts of activism and activities around that time. Um, I couldn't be sure that 87 was precisely the right date, but Bonfire of the Vanities was really uh, the only one I could think of, and it was huge for just years and years. Mm -hmm. That was a book that you would see in every airport bookshop for, yeah, you know, yeah. years and years after it came out. Um, I'm trying to remember, I've read one Tom Wolfe novel, it wasn't that one, um, and... Oh, A Man in Full. That's mm. the one I happened to read. Okay, okay. Uh, enjoyed it a lot. It's you know, He's a very sharp observer, of course, um, but also is generally observing, you know, frequently just execrable people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and so I don't always want more of that because um, I can observe them for myself uh, without observing made-up ones. Anyway, um, Bonfire of the Vanities seemed to tick all of the boxes on this one, and so that's... That's what I put down without the initial uh, the. Yeah, same here. But it was The Bonfire of the Vanities. Yes. That's the correct answer. That's the full title, yeah. yeah. I know that those articles don't count mm -hmm. um, we can help. in terms of scoring. Question three asks us, what is typically indicated by the scientific prefix OO? This is the egg prefix. Uh, oocytes are egg cells, as in the ones that are reproductive cells gametes um and yeah that's just it's kind of fitting when you just think about what's the shape of an egg well it's an o so here's a couple of o's for uh to indicate eggs i guess um but yeah i, I didn't think twice about this when i put down egg i thought very much twice about it because <laughs> i just i i initially thought egg and then i thought yeah okay then what's ovo well maybe that's latin oh. Can I be sure that it's Latin? Why would we use both? Why would that be a thing? <laughs> That's ridiculous. We have a perfectly good word for it. And then I had to remind myself, yes, we have another perfectly good word, word for it, which is egg. So clearly we need yet another <laughs> word. So, okay. Um, and I, I tried to think of you know, uh, constructions that use it and couldn't be sure that I wasn't making any of them up. Mm -hmm. Um and so finally, I just sort of bit the bullet on it and said, yeah, I'm going to go with my first impression because mm -hmm. I can't tell myself that it's anything else. So I'm going to say egg. And that was the correct answer. Uh, and I find it sort of amusing that you struggled over it at all because uh, you just got me a bouquet with egg cells in it, yeah, yeah. along with heart cells and brain cells. Mm -hmm. It was very adorable, everybody. Um, but uh, yeah, that was top of mind uh, from that for me question four asks us for a first name shared by a couple of british dandies effectively in a couple of different eras uh, one of them specifically about fashion uh-huh so i knew this this was my shower answer of the day mm. read it beforehand and tried to figure and just just couldn't land that name i was going through and i was like no those are like fashion designers of the 20th century <laughs> It wasn't Oscar de la Renta. It wasn't <laughs> Christian Dior. And I just, I, I knew that I knew this in, in that way that like, I've heard this name and associated it with this and don't know any of the details. Mm. Uh, I just know that this is kind of a thing that was, this was a, a guy who was a guy 
roughly that like yeah 19th century sounds about right and just his name survives at least to me as just kind of the exemplar of this kind of dude mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and finally as i was stepping out of the shower i was bouncing it around and just thought what was the name of that guy bo, Br- bo Brumel. that was it bo Brumel. okay i have no idea who the the one who helped transform bath into a spa town um so but i i could remember bo Brumel was the the fashion guy from the 19th century so i will say that the answer is the first name of bo uh, yeah, I had um, a similar line of thinking. I was pretty certain that the second one, who is the fashion influencer uh, prototype, was Bo Brummel. Um, but the first one, I didn't know, and um, I'm just uh, looking it up uh, now. <laughs> it appears that his name is Bo Nash, and he okay. was uh, the master of ceremonies at the spa town of Bath. Okay. So, but I, I have absolutely never heard of him before. Um, but yes, the, you know, in terms of men's high fashion in that era of time, Bo Brummel is very synonymous with, um, with that kind of thing. And so I just kind of had to take a leap of faith that the other guy also was named Bo, which is not the most usual men's name I would have Mm -hmm. said, but, um, but yeah. Bo was the only thing I, I had going for me, so that's what I put down. And that was correct. Yay. Question five asks us, what service was originally known as Justin.tv? Yeah, I, I, this is one of those, like, internet lore things that I don't have nailed down um, in terms of it being weirdly, like, too recent history and too, you know, kind of in the realm of people younger than me. Um, I thought this might be be real that thing where people uh, okay, yeah. post it, you know, random designated times and show what they're really doing, because um, I thought that's kind of how this sounded is life casting and that it was, mm-hmm. you know, you're supposed to post about your kind of mundane everyday life or just whatever you're doing in a given moment. So that's what I put down as I my only guess. Uh, I figured this was one of those ones where you watch other people playing games or watching YouTube or the uh. like um, that uh, at least two of our kids are uh, infatuated with. Mm. Uh, what I I immediately thought that this is probably Twitch because for some reason I know that it's twitch.tv oh. and not like twitch.com. Okay. Um, I, I kind of had to, I, I figured, well, I don't know this, so I'm going to think of what else it could be. Uh, and I, I, thinking and I, I i think discord also does this oh yeah um and i know there's another service because i keep hearing about people you know seeing it like on my google news reader for whatever reason thinks that i care about when streamers are moving from one service to another various kinds and i just i don't but i can't <laughs> i can't manage to convince it of that um but i couldn't think of what any of them were Mm-hmm. Uh, so and, and I just kept coming back to it's twitch.tv it's mm-hmm. not discord.tv as far as I know okay um, so that to me was the the thing that hooked it in and said I think this is twitch and that was the correct answer nicely mm. done I think I just don't know enough about those services to really <laughs> uh, 
I have imparted what to they you do. the entirety <laughs> of my knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that I know it's URL. Mm. That's all I got. Sure. Finally, question six asks us to uh, provide the name of an iconic golf hole that is described with a two-word phrase and is located at Sawgrass in Ponte Vedra Beach, Florida. Uh, so I figured a two-word phrase for a golf hole uh, or, or feature thereof or distinction uh, would be Amen Corner. Okay. Isn't that a thing? Not th okay. that I know of. But okay. Well, I'm... you're the one who knows golf. But Ish. I, I thought that was a thing that I had heard that uh, was a, a feature of at least one golf course and a notable thing. Okay. So for lack of any other knowledge, I, I went with that. You completely could be right. Um, I don't know offhand. Uh, this is one that I, I didn't know at the outset because the only term I could think of that would be sort of defining of a style of a golf hole would be like dog leg. Um, but that's never uh, written that I know of as a two-word phrase. It's dog leg, the word, mm -hmm. you know, all one word. Um, and so I moved on from that and I thought, well... Maybe this is one of those holes that is like the green's kind of on an island in the middle of a water hazard. And so it could be something just very descriptive like island green. Um, but I also kept going back to, you know, the fact that it's it's mentioned about the location of this thing, that it sounds very beachy, that it sounds like, you know, we're maybe located by the sea. And so I'm kind of picturing these courses. And I don't know why I really... Um, like I picture a lot of golf courses kind of being near the ocean on cliffs, like in Great Britain, for example. Um, but I was thinking maybe being near the ocean was also a feature of this one. Um, and you know, cause it's, it's there near a beach in Florida. So I thought maybe it's an ocean view, um, hole that's just really spectacular and scenic. Um, and that's why you know, it's emphasized so much about, you know, we're, we're given the name of the place, the location of it. I thought that had to be indicative of, um, you know, the, that coastal scenery kind of thing. So okay. I ended up putting down ocean view. Okay. Uh, it was Island Green. <sighs> yeah, it sure was. I, I <laughs> thought my way right into it and right out of it. Mm. So I don't love that for me. I, I definitely would have given you like one on that one, knowing that you know more about golf than I did. And I figured if this was a famous golf thing, you would know it. You're the only one who would do that, sadly. <laughs> I think I, I will get threed on this and uh, and rightly, really, because apparently that's... Yeah. I mean, I guess I know a little more about golf because I did play golf in high school. Mm -hmm. um, my parents were big you know, golf players and fans. Um, but... Uh, that is not a level of knowledge that I apparently gleaned. Uh, so that'll be three out of six like on the four. day. Which, blah. Yeah. You know. I'm up against somebody really good, so I'm mm. taking this one as a loss. Well, you know, the three out of six, same. I, uh, I can certainly see people knowing about Twitch. Like, that's pretty prominent. Knowing about The Handmaid's Tale and, you know, outthinking me on these things. Um I have a hope that Bonfire of the Vanities might not be something that is back in people's memory vaults as much as us Gen Xers. That's one of our Gen X questions mm -hmm. um, for the day. 
So, and then Bo Brummel and uh, Bo Nash even more so. I've uh, was it was a today I learned for me. So, yep. um, so who knows? Any given match day, it can happen. But uh, it, it's it does soften the blow that I'm coming off of two beers. So at yep. least I'm not going to be too. Um, like I'm, I'm going to average out just fine. <laughs> Certainly hope so. Well, that's it for today. Tune in tomorrow for more post-game analysis as we take each other on live. Well, that's right. Follow us at Learned Lag on Blue Sky. And remember... Don't forfeit. Don't cheat.